For me, it's different. The guys in the fashion industry actually have a shorter career lifespan. And so depending on who you're assigned with or something like that, you might just have like your cap in terms of how much you earn. So I have been in situations where I am being paid more than my male counterpart. But then there are other scenarios where depending on their experience, if they've done, let's say, more than fashion, probably film or probably being in music, then obviously they'll be paid more. I that. Um, I hear y'all talking about this pay pay thing. And like, What's the what is, what is it to be paid to do this craft here in Guyana? It's the pervasive issues of income inequality, racial inequality, or the lack of gender parity. The issue of inequality within the music and by extension the entertainment industry is not a peculiar one to many of us listening or watching. On this episode of Balancing the Bars, we are elated to have four intellectuals and Guyanese creatives who are no strangers to Guyana, this platform, the Caribbean, and the world. Joining us is international model and upcoming author, Juanita Bledman, Creole rock recording artist, Gavin Mendonza, reggae recording artist, Tamika Marshall, and international award-winning gospel artist, Samuel Midas. I promise you that some gems are about to be dropped like a bomb on this celebrity takeover of Balancing the Bars. So stay tuned. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Balancing the Bars. As Jamisia explained, we're going to be talking about a very important topic today, and we have some very special guests joining us. Welcome guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get right into the conversation. Today we're talking about inequality in the entertainment industry. Everybody here is in their own special field within entertainment, so we're going to start with you, Manita. Have you ever experienced inequality in your field? Uh, yes. I don't think any industry is kind of like exempt from inequality. But inequality is a very ambiguous topic. So <laughs> there's a lot of things that we need to look at when you're talking about inequality, whether it's gender, whether it's racism, whether it's class, all that stuff. So for me, I think I've had a little bit of all of the above, mm -hmm. being female, being a black woman, being an immigrant, living in, in the United States and working. Yeah, so I have. That's a lot of baggage to unpack there. <laughs> what about you, Tamika? Um, I feel the same way. Uh, like she said, just picking <laughs> up because she said a lot. <laughs> um, you know, just being a female in my industry, in um, the music industry, it's male-dominated. Um, so being a female, um, 
I was based out of Guyana for some time in the Caribbean. So then being an immigrant too, being someone different, an outsider, and um, working in a different country and trying to socialize and blend and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, even with race too, it, I would have to say in Guyana. Um, there's, there's quite a, a bit. So I'm looking forward as we get along to dive in, and I'm very interested to hear what these, other, what these guys have to say, actually. <laughs> I want to hear from their standpoint, what do they experience? <laughs> so, Gavin, we're definitely putting you on the spot tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I've had a very unique and dynamic experience in my career as a musician. Um, and I've had, I think I, I had a, uh, I'm one of a very few people on a, I could count it on a hand, who had the kind of experience I've had, and that is, I started off in a punk rock band, and I still play in a heavy metal band up to today here in Guyana. And if you want to talk about inequality in music, talk about heavy metal and rock and roll in Guyana. <laughs> uh, straight up, it's, it's just not a region fit. Yeah. But there's still a scene, there's still got people who support, um, but it, and it goes past more than what I've just said, so for sure, inequality definitely exists here in Guyana. Definitely. Tell us a bit more about what you've experienced, though. You're talking about the type of music that you do. How has that translated in the Guyanese market, and how has that um, affected your passion towards wanting to be a musician in that field? Yeah, you know, um, I mean, for me, it, was all about it is all about standing out, being different, being unique. Um, mm -hmm. how, how much more unique you could be if you're playing heavy metal in Guyana, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, but at the same time, one book a heavy metal band for play at the show, you know? <laughs> Who, no, no pool siding and be like, hey, yeah, we want some heavy metal on Friday. And it don't work like that. So um, that has been our major challenge. We have never been booked um, for, for any major events. And I'm talking about my heavy metal band and my rock bands. But what that allowed us to do is to develop all the skills necessary to just DIY, do it yourself. So from the harsh gutters of inequality, we and I have been able to develop all and even more of the skills and gain all the knowledge necessary to find my own success. Okay, That sounds like a lot of poetic, poetic justice. <laughs> to make it, you sound like you have something to add there. No, I mean, I was actually looking forward to this conversation. Um, and when I heard Gavin was coming, I'm actually, I don't know from when, but I've been a part of Gavin's mailing list for a long, <laughs> long time. I don't know when, but um, it's something that I admire about him. Not a lot of artists grind or hustle as much as he does. A lot of people sit back and, and, and I mean, I always say music isn't, isn't, there's, you can be taught the music business, but it's not really accessible to a lot of us. We don't know what to do where to start off, where to go, how do you present yourself. There's a, there's a whole lot that comes with it. Your image, your persona, how, it, it's crazy. And a lot of the things that I learned in being on the ground in Jamaica and working and seeing how a lot of the artists work, and then you, I got some insight into management and bookings and, and all these things. Some of the stuff I saw Gavin doing by himself, and he would put out a newsletter, this is what's going on, this is what's coming, this is what I've been up to. And I think it's admirable. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Shout out to Gavin. Yeah, shout out for real. <laughs> it's true in this industry, until you, until you get things going, you kind of have to be a one-man show and just do everything by yourself. So kudos. Juanita, how different was it? for mm, you coming from a fashion industry it's a little bit different not as intense 
But I feel like when it comes to black models, culturally for me, it's going to be different because you have to adjust. But then on top of that, they're picking people in a different way. You are going to be a face of a brand. So, you know, white is usually preferred. But now that we're more celebrated, definitely they're, they're looking now at a certain type of black. Are you darker? Are you more light-skinned? Is your hair short like mine? Or is it curly? Do you have locks? Do you have braids? There are some workplaces where people cannot be with locks. So it's like, at my work environment, even if it's a set, they're still picking out to cast you in a particular way. So for me, at first I thought that it was very annoying to be going to castings all day and then not being picked for something. And rejection plays a big part in inequality and everybody reads that and accepts that a different way so for me I just had to kind of like adjust where that's concerned I don't always take it super super serious because that's a part of my job but on the other hand I know that that makes people feel a certain type of way when you're going for something when you're passionate about something and you've basically been told no because of how you look or where you're from and all the other factors that play into inequality and that experience Oh, yeah, you, you talked about rejection there. Mm-hmm. Everybody would interpret that differently. Mm-hmm. Can you remember the first time you were rejected? Yeah, it was bad. Tell us about <laughs> it. I actually have two. Two. Let's just do modeling industry because I don't want to go back to the past, to the far past. Um, the first time I was going for um, a particular job, and it was. It was me, a few other females, mm-hmm. and I was told that I couldn't because they were not like I wasn't what they were looking for. And this was earlier, very, very early on in my career, and I didn't understand what was the point of putting all of these uh, tabs to what you're supposed to be, and then get there, and they're like, "Oh, you're not what we're looking for." So that I would say hurt my feelings because you get excited, like, "Oh, I'm being exposed to something." And then really what it was was that they just weren't hiring black models. I've been to shows where they're just like, we're, we, we have enough black models. And then you see the show layout and there is two black models and there is 20 girls. So you could imagine. Well, maybe that's their definition of enough. Enough. And yeah. some people may say that brands should have a choice who they want to work with. Labels should have a choice of who they want to work with. Artists should have a choice of who they want to do features with. They should. And just to touch on, I think, like you said, we've all been through um, a bunch of rejection. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, for me personally, it helps to build you. Mm -hmm. And um, you really have to have a thick skin in whatever it is that you do. You're not going to be everyone's cup of tea, and you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And that... Rightfully said, brands do, let's say, it's important to know your market and to know your audience. And we take, we take things super personal because, you know, we're people and we're emotional and we're involved and yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, if I know that I have this product and this is my target audience, this is who I'm going to sell to. But at the end, of, but, you know, we can't help but feel really heard by it but mm-hmm. I think it, it's important that we know in business a lot of times you separate the personal from business yeah. and this really has nothing to do with me and what is meant for me and my lane and my audience it's for me to find that 
Definitely. And I think, Gavin, you can speak to that, being able to find your niche and create your own lane. You can tell us a bit about your experiences and how you were able to go in that path. Um, for me, I l like real love what I do, you know? So regardless of who I perform for or what, them things really don't matter to me. I, I perform because I want to perform, them kind of thing, you know? So I, on, I, I honestly was never too concerned about who like me, who don't like me, who listening to me, who ain't listening to me. Because honestly, I'm not doing this for anybody. I wonder, if, I wonder if that's more of a female thing. Because like we, we sit down and we dissect and analyze. And, and males just seem like, yeah, Everything. this is cool. I'm having fun. You know, you know maybe. <laughs> maybe, you know. But know. When Actually, I was sorry. To add to that, I feel like the entertainment industry is already a male-dominated industry. So maybe rejection or, or something like that isn't as intense as females? Hold on, hold on, wait. I don't we, know. Hold, we have another female voice <laughs> on the panel. Javicia, you're joining us here tonight. Tell us what you think. Is that a female thing? Do we always overanalyze? Or do we have a right to be emotional about the situations when we're rejected? Um, of course we do. <laughs> um, first and foremost, I feel like... As well as though as as females, we are a bit more emotional than males. But I feel like that's a, that's the conversation for a whole day. other day. <laughs> but a, a question that I want to ask because Tamika, you have worked in places like Jamaica. You have lived there for a while. Juanita, you come with um you have lived um in the U.S. Mm -hmm. and um there. Have you ever experienced the income inequality? Because we we're talking today about inequality in the industry. Have you ever experienced it from an income level where as your male counterpart would have um, been paid more than you? For the same <laughs> job, actually. The same job. Who wants to go first? You want to go first? <laughs> uh, no, you can go first. Yeah, yeah so but she was, asking, she was asking... She was asking both of us. Um, definitely. Uh, but I would... You see, I'm the type of person, I like to look at things both, both, both ways. I mean, I, like I said, I try to not make things personal. So um, from a standpoint of being a young artist in a new country, remember these people aren't familiar with you. You have to sell yourself and, you know, you kind of have to flex with a lot of things. So, I mean... I still, even up to this day, depending on my audience, I do free shows. I know it's better for me to get into a new market. And you kind of have to weigh your pros and your cons. And, and there are certain things you do have to give up. Um, so I think in, when, I put, when, I look at, when I look back at Jamaica and how things went there, it really wasn't fair for me to be asking for too much at this point because I'm now trying to get my foot into this industry, trying to get my name and my face out there. So for a lot of it, it was just really promo, promo, promo. Um, I think mostly, it, mostly I'd have to say when I, I'd speak on inequality, it would just be kind of just being the newbie and people turning to others that they're familiar with. And that's, ex that's expected because they weren't familiar with me as yet. Um, and then, yeah, and then the male, male-dominated industry and Jamaicans are a little very firm and very aggressive. aggressive and, <laughs> Shout and, out um, to Jamaicans. <laughs> no, I'm, it's, it's, it's part of who they are. It's yeah. part of their character.
For me, it's different. The guys in the fashion industry actually have a shorter career lifespan. And so depending on who you're assigned with or something like that, you might just have like your cap in terms of how much you earn. So I have been in situations where I am being paid more than my male counterpart. But then there are other scenarios where depending on their experience, if they've done, let's say, more than fashion, probably film or probably being in music, then obviously they'll be paid more. I've had that. Um, I hear y'all talking about this pay pay thing. And I <laughs> what's the what is, what is it to be paid to do this craft here in Guyana? You want to talk about oh underpaid? Oh I mean, my goodness! I think in my days, and even up to now, you know, people call up Gavin and Chucky. Hey, come and come and play some folk songs for we. You know, come and do this, come and do that. And, and look, we happy to do gigs for free because our um, money is now as feed us. You know, feed we soul. It's just being able to do this thing. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if you talk about quality and standards here in Guyana, um, I mean, I've traveled the world. I've, I've performed in places around the world um, at my own expense, much like the athletes do. You know, there's very little support from the top of the pyramid for arts, culture. And we talk about entertainment. Um, I like to separate entertainment with culture and the creative industry. Because while they mesh, they're also very different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Culture is very different from entertainment. And I think a lot, the two get mixed up. Mm-hmm. And entertainment trumps culture. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no respect for culture, I believe, here in Guyana. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I, I find like it just been rough. We, I, I got no aspirations to be rich. Because mm-hmm. if, I, if, I, if I were to, to drive based on, hey, I can get rich tomorrow, I can just be suffering the whole while. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just enjoy the ride, broke. You know, in my little mm. canoe paddling. <laughs> well, riches come in different ways, you know. <laughs> exactly. It's not just about finances. There's riches in many different ways. So if it's feeding your soul For sure. and you feel blessed, then hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah, <laughs> indeed, guys. We're going to take a short break. And when we get back, we're going to be joined by music mogul Samuel Madas. And he's going to share a bit more about his experiences in the entertainment industry. Stay tuned. <laughs> Welcome back. We have Samuel Menace with us, and we're excited to know what his experiences are with inequality. But before we go into that, we're going to invite Jamesia to share a little bit and possibly ask a few questions. Are you there, my love? So, yeah, I'm here. So my first um, question goes to Sammy first, and I guess all the others can answer it. So I have this favorite scripture, and Sammy, you might be familiar with it. It says a prophet is without honor in his own country. And oftentimes, I think as artists, we may or may not be able to testify to that scripture, whether it's having an international artist pay being five, five times the local artist. I remember a few years ago reading a story on Facebook where our local artists, they were, um, they were allegedly forced to stand in the rain while oh the international acts were treated like royalty. Wow. Um, would you guys describe that as inequality? And if so, um, have you ever experienced that? And how did you manage to deal with it? Wow. Mm. That's interesting. 
Oh, gosh. That's loaded. Yes. <laughs> that was the first time I've heard of her. Okay, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Prophet is um, without honor in his own country. Um, I've seen both sides of that coin, and I think it's circumstantial. Because there is no day that I could stand up and say Guyana has not honored me or okay. has not shown me um, support, like exceptional support. Mm. Um, but I had to earn it. Mm. I had to come through the ranks. Um, man, I know about being underpaid. I think we all are. Yeah, I know, I know about being underpaid. <laughs> and I think largely um, revelation comes with time and it comes with experience. And if you don't know how much you're worth, what you're worth, then people will pay you what they think that you're worth. Mm -hmm. um, so I can remember doing very, very large shows in Guyana that had international artists. And we didn't even get a chance to negotiate who we wanted to be our musicians, how much time we wanted on stage, if we wanted our sets crafted. We didn't even know that that was an option. Um, and we didn't get to, to decide how much we want to get paid, if we want to get paid 50% before on the night like we didn't know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and so for that whole season whoever were the promoters they really went away with the bag because they didn't have any obligations to people who didn't know that they were worth um anything um and overseas is the same thing too like Juanita said this thing about inequality in any industry is not indigenous to Guyana. As a matter of fact, I think Guyana is very, very mild compared to some places yeah. that you go. Perhaps, yeah. <laughs> it, it, Guyana doesn't even have the kind of infrastructure to For call it. it an industry when you go other places. It's, it's brutal, you being an outsider. Um, but also, and I hope I'm not straying, I used to have a certain perspective concerning inequality in the industry. And as you start to cross defense, you realize your perspective becomes different and you realize that some of the people and things that you held things against, you understand that it's, it's a business and some of these the decisions that people make, it's Are not- Are you talking about me? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I just want to know. No, no it's, 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 not, it's not personal. Mm -hmm. um, I, when I first started traveling, the first time I traveled to the United States, I traveled for 400 US. Mm. And that had to split between me and my manager. Mm. Um, now that's not the case. Mm -hmm. But some of the demands that I can make now is because I'm known and because my name will bring a crowd. And so right. that promoter can make back that money and right. make a profit. Right. In the earliest, I feel, and I'm really not sh shooting on anybody, but this thing about earning your stripes and making your name, it's a real thing. It's yeah. not, you mm -hmm. don't get it just like that. There's a reason why only certain people in the industry make their names big. And, and there's a whole sea mm -hmm. of other artists that are yet to make. Because you have to be resilient. Gavin talked about DIY. Um, there's one I thing that Sean Sober said to me, Sammy. He said, if you go to a show and you can't do what you want to do, go and host your own show. You can sing for hours straight. Nobody can tell you come off because it's your show. You can craft it. You can put a cross in the middle. You can put a ladder. You can do whatever you want to do. And so inequality is always to be expected. And that, that's, that's, that's not a wall. That's like a little speed bump that you can get over or pick another route. Uh, over to you, Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's 
And I mean no offense to anybody listening, watching anything, right? I think it's fair to say. Call names. I think it's fair <laughs> to say straight up that here in Guyana, things are very lackadaisical. Mm-hmm. Systems, right. places, yeah, the way people agree. do things. Mm-hmm. I also sure. think there are compromises in levels of decency, ethics, morals, um, respect, how we treat each other, them kind of thing. And I realize... Um, you know, I always used to want to be this person to set an example and mm-hmm. to, to help. And I still, I still do, and I still, mm-hmm. I still help. But when you feel like you're fighting to make a difference and you're fighting against too much things mm-hmm. that you can't fight against, sometimes it don't make sense fighting. <laughs> Just allow the system to be the system mm-hmm. and take your cutlass, boss off the trail, chop your own part. Yeah. Straight as simple as that, right? Yeah. Bush there every way. Parts that everywhere as well. I feel so inadequate in this hidden by discussion the here. <laughs> Why? At this level of this, like <laughs> this dude. Is no, no. Here's he the thing. He's right? dropping gems right now. As a, as a, as a, from an artist's perspective, is does one whole story, and that I because I've been able to experience, you know, with Maroc Band organizing our own shows, selling out sidewalk cafe, um, mm. at the same time nobody showing up. You know, I've seen it all. Mm-hmm. Now, from an a organizer's perspective and from a promoter's perspective, I am the program director of the Rupununi Music and Arts Festival. It's a three-day world music camping festival in the Rupununi, Rockview mm-hmm. Lodge, Manari Ranch. Not other experience like it here in Guyana or in this part of the region. Plug. As, uh, yeah, as, a, uh, as the program director, I am responsible for booking artists, local and international. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about artist relations and communication and them kind of thing. Um, so I've been able to communicate with artists from Ukraine, from the UK, from Australia, from Brazil, from Spanish-speaking countries, from, from all over. And we keep a standard, and mm-hmm. that is we present a contract to the mm-hmm. artists. Because here in Guyana, if you don't show up with a contract, nobody business but her. People ain't even business about contracts and them, them standards. Oh man, don't say right? So <laughs> I find, and I, I'm sorry, again, I find that standards in Guyana are very low in general, mm. and personally, I, I, not egotistically, but I believe I have built my own standards. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I refuse to lower myself to the standards of the, 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 the place, and yeah. I rather just keep my standards at the level. Um, and, and just go through with it. It's it tough, it's it rough, um, but it just exists that way. Mm. Uh, there's a give and take. It's Tamika has some stuff. Okay. Yeah, but right I feel like sometimes I have to jot down notes and remind oh. myself of stuff because I get I get thrown off completely. Um, going back to what Sami had said, um, when you look at promoters and just like just like you, I've I've come from a promoter world as well. Um, I understand events, um, and for a promoter, when you're putting on an event. Like you rightfully said, it's who about who can bring a crowd. And unfortunately, a lot of the Guyanese promoters still feel like mm. you need to... Certain... Or, or a bunch of local acts can't really sell a show. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. Of, that's the mindset that they mm-hmm. have. So that's why a lot of the international acts come in. And so you find no matter what, you can have the biggest song, you can, mm-hmm. as a Guyanese artist or whatever, mm-hmm. you're still coming before the international act. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is right now. Um, I have long thought, in my little crazy mind, that we as artists need to really come together and make a fraternity. And 
I don't know what's stopping us. I don't know. I don't know what is the holdup. But no, but Dreams. if we can come together as a unit and to make a stand for certain things, then it's a dream for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's really easier when there's a bunch of people knocking at the door than just one. And like you rightfully said, dreams, I, I, don't know, I don't know what it is. But like when I look at Marshall as an example, I always pull on. Marshall wanted to up his show a few years ago. How much ever years ago? I don't know. And he wanted to up his price and everything. And no one wanted to pay him because all the other artists, you know, work for something else. And they came together and like, no, this is what we're working for from now on. So what are you going to do? We can do. What I feel we've tried. I've been. I we've tried. I've been I, part I don't know if we've tried. Efforts, but no. If I can come in right there, if I can come in right there, I love the fact that you you mentioned that, Tamika, because Gavin, if you remember last season, you were talking about having an artist um, group or something like that, and Gavin, you just mentioned as well that you have a standard for yourself, and you won't stoop to anyone else's standard. But then how do you manage to function in an environment where your standard is a 10 and their standard is a 5 and you're telling yourself that you won't drop to theirs, but you still have to eat? And how do you manage to do that? And to so stay current, hope, too. Well, you yeah. need to be in a people face. Yeah. 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 <laughs> to answer your so question directly. I hope that Sorry. from this episode here, the group is formed. It's not going to be fun. Just answer the question real quick, right? How, how do you eat? Quite literally and figuratively, you plant your own food. If you've got your own garden, you yeah. don't need to rely on any external... Just this morning, I pick up a big bunch of boro and about six okra. That was lunch. <laughs> okay, can I chime in here? <laughs> Listen, let me stay within the realms yes. of reality, right? Mm. Which is, there are a lot of different factors. Even, even with the coming together mm. of people, your voice has to have some kind of weight mm. behind Influence it. Influence is important. Because if a whole bunch of, quote unquote, and I know, me, know me, any kind of disrespect, nobody's come together and say, hey, we want to fight against the system. Yeah. <laughs> it, no influence. It, it can sound like mosquito buzzing in the ears of the big ones, right? And but then also, you don't have, uh, uh, no offense, we don't have anything much, what are you fighting for? Exactly, exactly. Yes. But Gavin said, take your cutlass, bust a trail. Yeah, I make and more often than not, your trail leads back right to the main trail. But mm -hmm. this time when you come back, you come back with a following because you created your own thing on this side. I can testify to that because I am a gospel artist. Mm -hmm. Trying and, and grew up in the age where secular music yeah. controlled everything on the radio. So you had to be 10 times as better with your music to the point where those people who play your music on the radio stations realize, regardless of what this band is singing, the quality <laughs> that he bring in, it meets a standard that it could be played on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you don't have to rise up against the powers always. Sometimes it just takes conversations. Conversations. A lot of the times, people, a lot of a lot of people are on our side without us knowing it, yeah. and we really think everyone's against us. Not That's really, why you I know. Don't Not battles, really, you know. And yeah. there are a lot of battles inside of the music industry, and somebody come and whisper in yours, "I don't like this market." And you, without not even knowing that that person likes you and what you do, decide that you can take sides with me and make enemies um, from somebody that has the power to open a door for you. 
But sorry to cut you. Do you really think there's a lot of like battles against artists here? Yeah. 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 I'm not familiar with That's it. Okay. I don't know it. That's quite okay. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I'm sorry. I think not speaking from an artist perspective, but in terms of entertain entertainment industry in general, I feel like what Gavin said about standard and about respect and policy, I think that in itself is a battle against artists. I feel like if you are passionate about what you're doing and you have that influence and that following, and then you say, okay, this is my rate, this is what we're coming to do, mm -hmm. and people look at you as if you're dumb, like, no, we're not, we're not paying you that, why? That well, in itself kind of puts like a bit of a boundary. I, as you said that, I remembered the question, and um, she was talking about artists standing in the rain and mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. I've had a conversation with... Uh, I thought she was going to say, I've stood in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not standing in the no. rain. Tamika <laughs> doesn't look like the type. She'd I'm not like, standing what? in the rain. Actually, on a regular day, I'm going to stand in the rain. I have no problem with that. Ooh. But for sure, I'm not going to stand in the rain. Um, <clears throat> we need to get our acts together. Big time. Because it's not for a promoter to come to you and ask, what are your needs? It's for you to say, hey... This is what I need. Mm -hmm. And it's for you to say, get your act together and to say, hey, here is a contract. These are all my requirements. Mm -hmm. I need to be paid a deposit. Mm -hmm. I need to be paid my balance before or whenever, uh, before the show or, or I, I, I right, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever you decide you want in your contract. Um, and you need to decide if you, if you need a tent and if you need a whatever, and then you negotiate. And sometimes uh, you're going to get right it. Here, right? Sometimes you're going to get it and sometimes you're not. Like Gavin was saying, this thing with standard, it's not only about money. It's not about, oh, oh this is the amount of money we want to perform it's for. It's artists holding a head concerning treatment. Like, I would not have a problem being on a show with a foreign artist. They could do whatever they want. If at the end of the night, the promoter treat me right. I have a tent. We got the same kind of food that the foreign artists eating. We got a nice no, couch. No, you can't look at that. No, 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 no. No, you can't no, look listen, at that. No, listen, listen. You can't look at the next man thing. No. What? When you finish, I'll talk. Oh. When you finish, I'll talk. I can't. Listen. No. Even if Go you ahead. take, even if you take the foreign artists out, which is impossible because we don't really have any kind of shows in Ghana without the foreign artists. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is, you can't give me one tenth with a. Uh, Foldable table and a box of juice that in there inside no cooler, nothing. Right. And everybody's to take one cheese straw, uh, cheese straw, mm -hmm. and uh, no, you can't. No, do and I no, and I agree, and, and I it agree has with to that. Start somewhere. I know. Don't get me wrong, because I don't want it to seem like I'm saying like I'm completely left. I'm mm -hmm. not saying take trash mm -hmm. <laughs> or be stepped over. I'm not saying that. But at the same time, just like you're saying, you earn your stripes. These artists are but working you don't for have to a certain types of proper food and tent. No, but I'm not saying proper food, but a lot of times, like for instance, what an artist might have on their um, rider on certain things, certain things on their rider, it's a, it's a lot of expensive stuff. And if you feel like you want that in your rider, by all means, you can put it in and you can negotiate it. But mm -hmm. at the same time, it's unfair to say you want everything and you're not on the same level as an artist. The crowd that you bring in is not the same crowd this person bring in. Realistically. Gavin said entertainment is bigger than culture in Guyana. That, that, that is, that's no, a, that's true. That is facts. That is true. Right? Because if you're telling me that in order for me to get certain treatment, that, and this is the thing that I don't understand. 
the promoters and the people who put on events and stuff, they also have, an, a, have a responsibility to not just get the big ones, because culture is important. Not just get the big ones, but to see potential in those who can be big in Well, we country. would like to think that that's their responsibility. No, 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 no. But we're having a conversation. It's not right? really their responsibility. We're having a conversation. And just because I'm an upcoming artist and I don't have the kind of pull like every other artist doesn't mean that I am subjected to a certain kind of treatment. No, but, I, but that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying exactly. it needs to be completely left or you need to be or you need to stand in the rain. I'm not I'm not saying that either. But just like you said, we do need to earn our stripes. What those stripes are is for us to figure it out on the way. But standing in the rain ain't no way to No, standing in the rain so, is not no. appropriate for anybody because if you get sick right there, how are you going to perform? You see, that's what I was saying earlier. It's a lot of factors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of factors. Yeah. And it's everywhere. And it's everywhere. And this is so complex that even picking up just on treatment is just a small part of mm -hmm. inequality. Yeah. So from a business perspective, you can understand, all right, you get your headliner. That's your biggest draw. You get your opening acts and them kind of thing. So they get different levels of payment. Um, yeah, you might get different backstage facilities awarded, them kind of thing. It's true. That's, that's, the, that's how the, the structure is going to work. So I just finished a 12-week uh, course in copyright law and intellectual property rights through Caribbean Copyright X through Harvard University. Wow. Just write my exam. Whether I pass or not... I Great congrats, first of all. Yeah, yeah. yeah congrats. Now, whether yeah. I pass or not, I have acquired such a wealth of knowledge yeah. from, from being a law student for 12 weeks, reading cases of a copyright limited to music and everything, mm -hmm. right? From photos to mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. um, one of the four main theories of copyright law is something called moral rights. Um, the moral rights of an artist, it got nothing to do with legislation. It got to do with morals. Mm -hmm. yeah. It got to do with human interaction. It got to do with respect and mm. manners. Them mm -hmm. kind of thing. So, again, from a festival director perspective, I treat all of my artists the same, equally. We all sleep in tents. Nobody gets in a bed and a pillow and a mattress. It's a camping festival. That's the experience. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So no special person in a coming and say, oh, but we want this and we want that. Sorry. We can't book it for the festival. But that's, a, but that's the thing, too. That's when you negotiate. Mm -hmm. I can ask for something, and mm -hmm. you can rightfully say, boy, mm -hmm. I can't, yeah. I can't meet it. I'll contact you again yeah. next year. But also, mm -hmm. another thing that I wanted to touch on when you, when you spoke, Gavin, I, while we're talking about the demands of an artist or a performer, we still need to look at the level of our industry and, and the promoters and, and, and the shows it's not a certain standard <laughs> at all. Certain things aren't even available. Sometimes when you're calling for certain tents, the tents are available. Or they ain't got enough tents. And the AC for the tent, oh, the AC ain't working. And all kind of nonsense. A lot of times when you're, booking, when you're doing a show, just the equipment <laughs> to go with it is really limited. So you would say, oh... This is my this is on my um my contract. I need this, I need blah 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 equipment wise, and it's not available. And no. you could also compare that to something else that you're asking for. Like when I remember when acts like John Legend and a bunch because I'm around mm -hmm. um Hits and Jams promotion and I from a long time I get to see a lot of what's going on. A lot of the things that the artists ask for is not available in our country. And they're flighting. Mm -hmm. In our country. And then and then them too, it's like 
you want to, they also have a certain standard. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, really, you just have to end up flexing, you know? And I know we want the best for Land ourselves. <laughs> I know we want the best for ourselves. Flex to your bed but being in our location <laughs> and it's certain just, things yeah. that are available, sometimes it's, it's two things. Is it your, your work or you don't work? With that in mind, you know, this is a direct message to the powers that be. Y'all in a position to click your fingers, dread, and make things better for we. Straight up, let we be real. Money, they're all over. Money exists. Millions of dollars is be spent on X, Y, and Z. How much money is given per year to, let we say, cultural industry grants? Or let we say, to funding the creation of a union for musicians? People sitting at desks who could easily call up a meeting tomorrow and say, for y'all. I watch the thing. Come There's in a we conflict talk. of interest, Gavin. You know, well, I, know though, for I think sure. I agree with Gavin. Mm-hmm. I did not get enough because this is a good point. <laughs> I know well, yes, Listen, I, before, you, before you say something, right? Okay, Juanita, I'll hold my point. I, I have a point. Like, <laughs> I'm a little bit different because I never, I never thought that other people were responsible for my success. I never thought that a promoter was responsible mm-hmm. for my success. And I think about the story of Chronics. One day I sat down and I heard him speak. And he was going to, on a big show. He didn't have that kind of name as yet. Mm-hmm. He said, I come in with two keyboardists. Each keyboardist need two keyboards. So that's four keyboards. My bass player need a certain type of rig. Blah, blah, blah. And the master, you stupid. Who giving you the? And he said, all right. If we bring our own instruments... Can you at least make sure you got keyboard stand and stuff mm-hmm. there and, and inputs for them? Them guys went on the show and kill it. When I say kill it, bring it back to life and kill it again. Mm-hmm. And right there, they created the demand for themselves. Right. And then they control the supply. So the next person that wants that kind of experience, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the writer here is what I need now. So now the but that's the thing, not necessarily, yeah. no, not the next person that wants that experience. Listen. Because they need to also go and prove that. What, but what? They need to, same thing, he went and mash up the show and bring it back and mash it up again. Mm-hmm. They need to also prove that before they feel like, a promoter feels like, yes, we will give you whatever you want. And that's just it. But that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, we are responsible for our your own development. You, we cannot we wait we on people. Because a lot of times, the powers that be are not even musically inclined. No, they aren't. That's not their field. (laughs) This conversation is just getting juicy, but also very long. (laughs) (laughs) Are you getting cut? (laughs) Not necessarily, but this also means that they should have like a part two because Mm -hmm. there is definitely more to learn. Like I'm sitting here absorbing as well as our audience about a lot of the facets of the entertainment industry and what that may look like for every creative, whether it's artist or not. So we're going to take a little break, but before we go... Oh, there's another segment? I want to say thank you (laughs) for everyone that has contributed to this conversation. It was definitely a mouthful, but it was enriching and for the most part it was fun yeah it was fun male perspective female uh, perspective definitely fun so we're gonna so before we go is there any last words from our guests on this topic just before we close out 
You can go ahead, Gavin. Um, I, I would just like to encourage um, any aspiring artists and established artists listening to the conversation to join in, first and foremost. Yeah. We need to communicate more. Yes. Um, we, we, we do need to, to, if not work and collaborate more together, at least communicate more. At least share the same forums a little more often. Yeah. Um, and, and contribute to, to, to not just earning, but giving respect. Yeah. Um, you know, is is at the end of the day, Louis Guyanese, and if it's one thing that 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 has broken the country and the way things operate, is how divided we are and how um, happy we are to be divided. I think we got fixed though. And if creatives, if the creative industry could round up and put out positive content and yeah. set an example for society, Amen. that's the way forward. Well Amen. said. Tamika. Got me for president. <laughs> no thanks. No, it was well said. It was well, well said. said. Yeah. I just want to echo what Gavin said, that we should come together. There's a lot to be learned when you come sure. together and start sharing perspectives and experiences and insights. Like the other day, I had a whole bunch of guys from the music industry sitting in my living room talking. I was being schooled even though it was a, it's a, it got heated, it was very loud at times. But, but you realize that there's a wealth of knowledge when you come and sit down together, and that's something that does not happen very often, and it, and it really doesn't take much. You don't book nobody to come and sit down and talk music, because musicians love to sit down and talk music, and there's a lot to be learned. There's a lot of relationships to be forged. Mm-hmm. Tamika, any last words? I think, also just echoing the guys, mm-hmm. I think um, music is a language of the people. We all have things that we're feeling inside, but we can't express it. And that's what artists are supposed to be there for. So just like Gavin said, with unity, collaborations, whatever it is, just um, more friendships, you know, within the industry. It, it will transcend onto the people. Of course, mm-hmm. the country has been a divide yes. for many years. I think, you know, unfortunately, we're going through this pandemic at the time, but there are some positives to it, I might say. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of shows. Shout out to the Ministry of Culture, Youth, and Sport. There's been a lot of shows. And because of COVID, it's all Guyanese artists. Yeah. Huh. All, 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 all. And people have been tuning in. The viewership mm-hmm. has been really high. Mm-hmm. And that's something commendable. Mm-hmm. I think um, when, when Sami Saiku and I did the collab change the story. I think that too was another, you know, it, of course it was something that was important, a powerful message to be said at the time because of what was going on. But just the fact that it was unity and mm-hmm. different artists mm-hmm. coming together, it said a lot. Yeah. From different, we, know, we do different music. I'm not sure. a gospel artist, you know? Um, <laughs> you know it. <laughs> yeah, and, and also like Gavin said, I think... It is important to look at, when you look at the economy of the country, you look at what the artists can bring into the country. We look at how music contributes to the GDP of a country. There is, so it is a huge market. um, It's a huge field to be invested into. And of course, we need to pave our own paths and we need to define what success is for us and go after that and it's our responsibility but at the same time too it can do wonders for our country yeah in a whole a lot of job opportunities can be created Mm -hmm. you know so i think um everyone who's watching 
Yeah, for sure. Come on, come on, come on, man. Let's join in. <laughs> Spoken like let's, a politician. Let's join in. Vote for Tamika. <laughs> so our listeners, it, I really, really hope that this is not just a feel-good platform. You know, where people tune in like, oh, I just love that conversation. It's so good. And then you share. But share with this intention of helping others and also helping yourself. I am not sure where people are in their life circle and then, and people don't usually get information like this. So to see, you know, your fellow celebrities up on the panel <laughs> and really giving you the gems, really giving you the reality of things because the entertainment can be quite glamorous and people don't often touch on what is real about it. So, so this is definitely an artist takeover yeah. and we loved it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, our listeners, for tuning in to another special episode of Balancing the Bars, where balance, balance brings, brings peace. peace.